This week's Parsha is Parsha's Vayetze. The Parsha begins with the words, Vayetze Yaakov me Be'er Shava Vayilach Charona. Yaakov leaves Be'er Shava and heads out to Charon. As we know, we're in the middle of the long story of the life of Yaakov. And at the end of last week's Parsha, we have where Yaakov receives the blessings from Yitzchak and his brother Esav is very angry with him. And Yaakov's mother Rivka sees that Yaakov's life is in danger and she and then her husband Yitzchak tell Yaakov that he should go to Haran and there he'll get married. And that's where this week's parsha begins. Yaakov is on the way out of um, Israel, or specifically the city of Beersheba, and he's on the way to Haran where he's going to spend the next 20 years of his life, and that's where he's going to get married, and that's where he's going to have the 12 tribes, etc., as the parsha goes on. The Medrash says something very interesting and fascinating about this opener of the Parsha, that Yaakov leaves Be'er Sheva. And the Medrash gives us a different insight as to why Yaakov had to and even wanted to leave Be'er Sheva. And the Medrash says, the word Be'er Sheva was given, the Torah tells us a few uh, Parshas ago, because it was in that city that Avraham took an oath, made a Shavua, made a covenant with the king Avimelech. Avimelech was um, a, a, a king, a Gentile king there in Gerar, which is a city in Israel. And Avram took an oath, made a covenant with him that there would be peace between them. And then Yitzchak again makes an oath with Avimelech, again promising peace between them. So both Avram and Yitzchak made a shvua, an oath, with Avimelech, a covenant with Avimelech. Says the Medrash that Yaakov, Vayetze Yaakov Sheva, Yaakov leaves Be'er Sheva because he didn't want to make that oath. He didn't want to continue this tradition of his grandfather Avram and his father Yitzchak who took, who made this oath, this covenant with, with, with the Avimelech. Yaakov, Vayetze Yaakov Sheva. He leaves Be'er Sheva, he leaves the city, thereby absolving himself for getting out of the need of making that oath with Avimelech. And the Medrash goes on to say that because Avram took, made that oath with Avimelech, that's why it would be seven generations before Avram's descendants should be able to begin inheriting the land. Because it's from Avram Avinu to Moshe Rabbeinu, seven generations, and Moshe Rabbeinu is going to begin the inheritance by conquering the lands of Sichon and Oig in the outskirts of Eretz Yisrael. Says the Medrash, and then when Yitzchok took the oath with, with Avimelech, it extended it another generation. And that's until Yehoshua, who was able to come into Eretz Yisrael and conquer Eretz Yisrael for Klal Yisrael. And therefore Yaakov says, I don't want to do this. I don't want to make an oath with Avimelech, which is going to even, um, it's going to push off even further and more into the distance, the ability of Klal Yisrael to come into Eretz Yisrael and to inherit it from the descendants of Avimelech, those who live in Eretz Yisrael at the time. So that's what the Medrash says. So in short, this entirely different perspective as to why Yaakov Avinu has to leave Be'er Sheva, because he wants to get out of this oath, this oath that his grandfather and his father have taken with Avimelech, um, binding them in some way to Avimelech and his descendants, and not allowing the Jewish people to ultimately inherit the land for many generations. And Yaakov is going to break that chain and not going to make that oath, and that's why he leaves Be'er Sheva. That's what the Medrash says. Obviously, it's a, 
it's a very it's a, it's a very hard matter to understand. If the oath was a bad thing, then why did Avram and Yitzchak do this oath? If it's something that was hurtful for the Jewish people, for their descendants, that we wouldn't be able to conquer Israel for so many years, why did Avram and Yitzchak do it? On the other hand, once Avram and Yitzchak did do it, why did Yaakov not do it? Why was he different? Why did he change, so to speak, this pattern that his father and grandfather um, had taken when they took this oath with, Avisha, with Avimelech? So the Rebbe says something very interesting, and he says, in order to understand this, we have to understand the basic difference between Yaakov versus Avraham and Yitzchak. And it's by seeing two very stark differences between them. One stark difference is that Avram had a son who was a Russia, who was wicked. Avram's son was Yishmael, and he was wicked on many fronts, and ultimately fell out of the whole uh, Klal Yisrael. Yitzchak had a son who was very wicked, and that was Esav. Esav was a murderer. Esav was the father of Edom. And ultimately, again, falls out of the descendants of Klal Yisrael. Yaakov Avinu has 12 sons, 12 tribes, and Dina. And all of them are tzaddikim, all of them are holy, and all of them are the foundation of Klal Yisrael. So that's a very stark difference. Avram has a, has a tzaddik for a son, but also a rasha. Yitzchak is a tzaddik, but also a rasha. And Yaakov is all tzaddikim. That's one difference. The second difference is that Avram and Yitzchak, most of their time that the Torah tells us about them, they're in Eretz Yisrael. Yitzchak is entirely in Eretz Yisrael, always in Eretz Yisrael. Avram sometimes travels out, but ultimately comes back. Primarily, he's in Eretz Yisrael. When it comes to Yaakov Avinu, the majority of the time that the Torah talks about Yaakov is when he is outside of Eretz Yisrael. He's in Charon. He's by his uncle Lavan. That's where he gets married. That's where he has the tribes. Later, he comes back to Israel, but very shortly. Um, thereafter, he gets to Mitzrayim, or at least a number of years after, but in the Torah, it's uh, very short. And, and that's where he's going to spend the last 17 years of his life. So the majority of Yaakov's life that we read about in the Torah is outside of Israel, outside the Holy Land, versus Avram and Yitzchak. These are the two differences. Again, Avram and Yitzchak have a tzaddik and a rasha for children. Yaakov is only tzaddikim. Avram and Yitzchak are primarily in the land of Israel. Yaakov is avoida, his service is primarily outside of the land of Israel. And the Rebbe explains how these connections, how these differences are very much connected. Avram and Yitzchak represent the first two steps of the Jewish nation, and the first two steps of bringing monotheism and, and holiness and Hashem into the world. At their stage of the game, so to speak, when they were doing their Avaida, they were not able to totally transform the world that everyone should be able to accept Kedusha, holiness, to accept Hashem, and to connect to Hashem properly. So although they did a tremendous amount of avodas Hashem, serving Hashem in this world, and the spreading of the light of Kedusha in this world, nevertheless, in their lifetime and in their service, they were not able to transform everyone to become part of that. And therefore, the unholy uh, people or the unholy powers in this world remained an entity, somewhat of an invincible entity. So they brought Kedusha in the world, but there's also the other side. Yaakov, who is already the third generation, and Yaakov's neshama comes from a place where he had the ability to actually bring Kedusha to everywhere and to everyone. 
No one was to remain outside of the fold. No one was to remain unaffected. He had that ability, that koyach, to bring the teachings of, of holiness and brings the teachings of Kedusha and bring Hashem to everyone and to everywhere. And that's what these differences are all about. Avram brings Kedusha into the world, but there's still Yishmael as well. There's still the Russia. Yitzchak brings Kedusha, but there's still an Esav. When it comes to Yaakov, everyone is going to be holy. There's no place for someone to be outside of the fold when it comes to Yaakov's Avoidah. And the same thing, Avram and Yitzchak, they stay in Eretz Yisrael because they stay in a place of holiness. Outside is not holy. They don't deal with that. They can't deal with that. They can't ultimately transform that. Yaakov is unfazed. Yaakov brings his Kedusha to everywhere. So he brings it to Haran, he brings it to Mitzrayim. So in short, Yaakov is able to bring Kedusha to everyone and to everywhere. There's nothing that stands in the way. This then is the reason for the first difference. Avram and Yitzchak both make a covenant with Avimelech. They take an oath to Avimelech. Avimelech represents not holiness. Um, he wasn't a holy person. And he didn't represent holiness in any way. And yet Avram and Yitzchak say, listen, we're holy, you're not, we won't bother each other. You don't bother me, we won't bother you. We'll do our job of bringing Kedusha into the world as much as we can. You represent the other forces, we won't bother you. We'll let you be. And that's what they did. So they made that covenant because that's what they were able to do at that time. Yaakov Avinu had to get out of that. Yaakov is not making a shvua, he's not making a covenant with an Avimelech because Yaakov recognizes that the ultimate job of a Jew is never to make a covenant, to make peace with something that's not Kedusha, that's not holy, that's not permeated by the word of Hashem. So although his father did and his grandfather did, that's because they weren't yet at this place to be able to accomplish what he could. But Yaakov, the person who represents bringing Kedusha to everyone and bringing Kedusha to everywhere, will never be able to make that covenant with that power that represents something other than holiness. And that's what the Medrash means when it says, because Avram and Yitzchak made that covenant, ultimately the Jews can't inherit Eretz Yisrael fully. Because when the entity of unholiness is a accepted entity, is something that there is that covenant with it, then we can't fully inherit them. Only Yaakov Avinu, through his way, was able to ultimately affect that we should be able to inherit Eretz Yisrael fully. And of course, the lesson for us is so powerful. In this world today, as we near the coming of Mashiach, there's still times when we send something and we say, you know, that's just unholy, that's just a place where godliness can come, a person that godliness can come to. I won't bother it, it won't bother me. You know, let's be friends. And the message of Yaakov Avinu is that as a Jew, as a Yid, we can never make that pact with the unholy. We can never come to terms, so to speak, that there's a certain place or a certain person or a certain thing that's just not going to be connected to Hashem. Ultimately, our avoda, our mission, our mandate, and the abilities that we're given is that everywhere and everyone will be connected and will share that revelation of Hashem that will be in Hashem very soon with the coming of Mashiach Sidkenu. Have a wonderful Shabbos.